hello. I wanted to welcome you all uh, to our uh, weekly uh, virtual meetup. Um, I'd like you to say hello if you've signed on. Um, let us know that you're here. So I was going to say, you know, Rebba, you must be out there. Rebba, you're <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hello, Martine from uh, St. Peter and Paul. Good afternoon. Good to see you here. Um, please say hello. Tell us where you're from. Tell us what parish you're from. Uh, we love hearing from, uh, oh, hi, Claude. You made it. It's good that you, uh, you're from Maple. I'm glad that you got on. Um, Liz Garcia from St. Dominic's, Amy from Kitchener, um, just so wonderful, wonderful. I, I hope you, did you all have a good Canada Day? I always want to know, did you have a good Canada Day? Was it a good day? Um, uh, Jacqueline from Mississauga, Lucy from Whitby from Holy Family Parish. Um, just thank you so much for signing on. Um, Marilyn, Sandy, good afternoon. Where are you from, Marilyn? Tell us where you're from. We want to know where you're from. Uh, I don't know. You're Vicenta Blake from Toronto, Holy Family. Yes, the weather is perfect. Uh, I was complaining to my daughter today. I was saying, the weather is just like a little bit too nice. <laughs> like one bad day so that when I'm working, I'm not kind of dying to be outside. Uh, it's a terrible thing to complain about, isn't it? But um, anyway, I wanted to welcome you all. Oh, so Patricia Lopez from... Um, um, Patricia Lopez from St. Gregory's. Hello, Patricia. Um, and then we have Mariana Minakava from Burlington. Yay! Hello, hello. You've been here before. Uh, hello, I'm Jean from St. Barnabas in Scarborough. Uh, Jean, fantastic that you signed on. Uh, if you came to the um, Catholic Mom Summit, let us know. Uh, would love to say hello to you from the Catholic Mom Summit. Anyway, so why are we here? Why are we here? We are here, I always say, for a couple of different reasons. You know, the first reason that we're here is to encourage you, to welcome you, to inspire you, and uh, to let all moms know that you are not alone in your journey of being a Catholic mom. So, and we're also here to pray with you. Uh, there's Kay Booker from Blessed Trinity. Hello, everyone. Um, it's kind of fun because now Vicenta is saying hello to Claude because they've met here and Martine. So it's good to see you all. <clears throat> so again, we're here for three reasons. We're here, number one, to inspire you, to motivate you. We're here to pray with you. Uh, we want you to know that you are not alone in your journey of being a Catholic mother. I think right now, anywhere in the world, it's a little bit hard being a Catholic mom because the culture is, uh, oh, look at this. We've got uh, someone from Uganda. Wow. This wow. Is so <laughs> uh, very, very nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to suggest that we join together in prayer um, uh, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, dear Lord, we know that whenever two or more are gathered in your name, that you are present. And dear Lord, we acknowledge your presence. We rejoice in your presence. 
And we thank you for all these beautiful, 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 uh, you know, beautiful moms coming together to learn more about Jesus, to learn more about uh, Mother Mary. Um, we'd like to pray to the Holy Spirit that there's anoint an anointing on each and every single one of the moms that are joining us today. Um, we're really hoping that, you know, that your hearts are touched, that your hearts are refreshed. And I beg for our Blessed Mother to wrap her loving arms around you um, and to heal any wounds that you might have, um, just even sometimes from our own mothers. You know, we have wounds from our mothers that need to be healed. Sometimes we have wounds from um, just past experiences. So we lift up all of those wounds to uh, Jesus Christ, and we ask um, his precious blood to be poured down on our wounds. And we ask that we have a fruitful, fruitful mother's group meeting. And so we turn to our Blessed Mother, and we pray three Hail Marys. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with me. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just want to share with you a chat from Denise. Denise Malrose from Whitby. I worked at the hospital yesterday. Let's give a shout out to our first <laughs> our essential workers. And I got the day off. Today is my birthday and I am 54 today. My husband and I uh, are not blessed with children, but we have 13 nieces and nephews and three great nephews. We have aging mothers, one in a long-term care facility and struggling with some dementia. So this subject really hits home, and we hope to get some good Catholic knowledge from this webinar. Thank you for organizing this. Welcome, Denise. Um, you are mothering lots of people because you're mothering all of your nieces and nephews. You're mothering your own mothers. Um, and so we should sing happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday to, to you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Denise. Happy birthday to you. Okay, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Um, so we're here to talk about a topic that affects everybody um, and the topic is mothering our mothers everyone's got a mother and everyone is kind of faced with you know just the reality that you know during this pandemic and dur during daily life that we really really do have um, 
of responsibility. Uh, some of you know about our ministry and some of you don't. Um, just before I introduce Rema, I wanted to share with you a couple, a little bit of information about our um, ministry. So we are um, Catholic Moms Group. I encourage you uh, to visit our website at catholicmomsgroup.com. Um, and we also host an annual conference, a Dynamic Women of Faith conference. And our goal is to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do that primarily through helping parishes start Catholic moms groups. So you'll notice uh, here there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of our mothers groups. Um, we've worked with over 40 parishes and helping them start mothers groups right now in the Archdiocese of Toronto. We probably have, I think it's 33 or 35 um, mothers groups. And we strongly believe that when Catholic moms come together and they come together to pray and they come together to learn about their Catholic faith, that it empowers them, it enlightens them, and it sparks uh, something in them. Because right now we're living in a culture that is sending us so many different messages that sometimes it's hard to stay true to our own convictions uh, because of all of the influences. Um, I've hosted my own mother's group for 23 years and uh, it used to be at this kitchen table and now it's online. So uh, uh, we started hosting um, the virtual mothers groups because of COVID. We wanted to reach out to moms to let them know that they're uh, not alone. So our ministry has developed a number of different resources. We've developed uh, a publication, How to Start a Mother's Group. We've got a workshop, How to Start a Mother's Group. We've got a webinar, How to Start a Mother's Group. We've got a Mother's Group starter kit, so that if you order the kit, you can start your Mother's Group, basically, I think, within a week. And you're off and running to the races because everything that you need to start the mother's group is there. And we have a study guide as a part of that kit. And uh, we encourage you to visit our website to learn more. We also encourage you, I was speaking to one of our advisory committee uh, members at the end of the summit, and she said, don't forget to ask for donations because your ministry <laughs> donations. So, uh, you know, some of you um, have been gracious enough to uh, uh, make a donation. Please know that our, our ministry depends on them. And so if you're enjoying these programs, um, you know, hey, think about us and hit the donate button there. Um, so I'd like to now introduce you to... Uh, Rema Celio. Rema Celio is a mother's group leader at St. Benedict's Parish in Etobicoke. And I want to congratulate her publicly. This is her fifth year she's completed in being a uh, mother's group leader. Uh, Rema, can you tell me just a little bit about why you love being a mother's group leader and what it's done for you and maybe encourage other moms that have joined us to start a mom's group? Sure. Um, I, uh, I first of all, I want to thank everyone for joining us for this hour um, on a beautiful Thursday in the summer. Um, so I've been a mother's group leader at St. Benedict Parish, and I have to say the best thing to come of it is I have met so many wonderful women 
who are all unique and beautiful in their own way. And they're at different stages of uh, mothering. And they have taught me a lot about myself. And I have learned so much from them. And I continue to learn from them and uh, be inspired by them. So it's just been a great blessing for me to be associated with the ministry and with that group. Yeah, and so thank you for, you know, just all that you do. So today we're here to talk about, uh, I think, a, a sensitive topic. We're here to talk about um, mothering your mother. And Rema, uh, I remember a couple of years ago now, you really, like, touched my heart um, because, you know, your mom got sick and you decided that you were you know, taking time off work to, to care for your mom. Can you tell us a little bit more about that time? Sure. Uh, so it was back in um, uh, 2017, and uh, she, uh, she ended up in the hospital with uh, a blood clotting issue. And uh, we were told that, you know, due to uh, the situation, her health had become frail, and she wasn't going to uh, survive it long term. So, you know, I kind of thought, you know, what do I, like, you know, what do I do? Do I, you know, work and then do the treks of going to the hospital um, after work and on lunch and so forth? And my husband looked at me and he just said, you know what, just, just take some time off and be with your mom. And I said, well, I don't know if she really, I don't know if I really should. And he said, you know, I think it probably would be best. So listening to the wisdom of those words, I, um, I spoke to my employer and I said, you know, I'm getting these phone calls. There's always an emergency happening and I have to drop everything and rush out to the, to be with my mom. So I think it would be in my best interest and my sanity if I just focus on one thing and that will be my mom. And when I told my mom that I was taking time off to take care of her, she was shocked. And she said, you would do that for me. And I looked at her and I said, well, yes, because I'm the youngest of four, my older siblings are all boys. And I thought, are they going to, you know, be able to like sustain this or handle this, you know, like, I think at an emotional level, I could, I'm probably better suited because I know you best that way. And, um, you know, I I don't mind, you know, doing the, the, the stuff that has to be done. And so she was just completely floored you know, and very, very surprised. And I, I just thought, you know, what, well, mom, I go like, whatever happens, happens. But like, I want you to know that I'm here for you. So if this is the last thing I get to do for you, then this is the last thing I get to do for you. And I just put it out of my head. And I just did it. And, uh, and, and, and do you think that it made a difference in her recovery? And do you think it made a difference in the journey? Or? I, I think it really did because um, my mom's a real tough bird. She always has been. She's always been very, very determined, very, very strong-willed. And I think seeing her in that vulnerable state and for her not really knowing um, or getting a sense of what was going on physically because, you know, it's very complicated, um, these issues. I just said to her, I'm treating you like you are going to be okay so I am going to be in your corner and I will back you up with whatever we need to do. But I go, you and I are going to do this. We're going to do this together. And we're just going to, you know, figure this out as we go along. And she was really grateful for that because 
I defer to her, you know, she, she's, she's got her faculty. She's very, very, um, you know, like with it uh, and very sharp. And there was no way that I was going to make her feel like she didn't have any sense of control or any say. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wanted to be her champion and be her voice. Um, and uh, with that, you know, we were able to kind of like smooth the waters and, and we were able to like, just, enjoy being together you know I spent my weeks with her and um, my weekends at home with my family and it was just it was like the best time that I could have spent I wouldn't have I won't take that back at all for anything and you know you're giving me goosebumps you're giving me goosebumps because uh, I remember when you told me that you were taking that time off that um it, it influenced me, you know, and I think this is like one of the joys of being a part of this network is that you, you meet women that inspire you to give more, right? And you meet women, you know, because like when I was in the corporate sector, 100% of the time, it was very rare to meet a woman that was saying, oh, you know, I'm a professional editor, and I'm taking six months off to care for my mom, like it just... You know, and, and I think one of the dangers of our culture right now is that we've become so busy that we don't even have time to be human anymore sometimes, mm -hmm. right? And so hearing that you were taking that time off, it had a profound effect on me and it touched me in a particular way. And I think that we need each other in this kind of community so that we're, we remind one another of what's important. Um, Lucy Costellano here is sharing a story. My mother is no longer alive, but I was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years and she lived with me too and I helped her too. I feel good I helped her as much as I could. She was my mother and she needed me. The health issues, uh, the reversal of roles, um, me being the adult and she being the child and the child needing my help. I feel so blessed I was able to take care of her. Now, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm just gonna get publicly, like, you know, when, when my mother was aging, um, my sister was the primary, um, she was the one that mothered my mother the most and um, you know, my, my mom lived with my sister for a number of years, and I'm like, if my mother ever lived with me, we probably killed one another because <laughs> there, was a lot of, there was a lot of conflict. Like, it's funny, on Facebook, someone once um, defriended me because she said, you know, you love your mother too much, and I can't handle hearing you go on and on about how wonderful your mother is. And I was kind of like, I don't know where you got that impression that our relationship is so wonderful. I, I, I love my mother to pieces, but we really struggled a journey because we were so similar. We were both opinionated. We both um, had some very strong convictions. We were both loud. And, uh, and so the thought of you know, her living here and me taking care of her was kind of like a little bit of a minefield. Um, but something happened once she was in her, you know, early 80s, and I was having dinner at my sister's house, and I'm kind of like cutting the meal. And you know how sometimes you're having the meal and you're talking, and then someone in the family says something that kind of triggers you and you're just about to, 
<laughs> you know, start a little, I don't know, I don't know if any of you ever fought with your mothers. I don't know if I'm the only one. Please tell me that I'm not the only one. But I was about to, you know, get into it with my mom. We were about to start having that little, and um, my sister pulled me aside and she said, Dorothy, I said, yeah. She goes, um, you know, maybe you should kind of put down, you know, put, what are those things called? The boxing gloves? You know, <laughs> maybe you should like put down the boxing gloves and maybe you should forget, you know, wanting to win with mom and maybe you should forget, you know, having these heated discussions, you know, like I think, I think that, you know, mom is in a place right now that she needs to be mothered. You know, like, can't you see? Like, she needs, you know, she needs some mothering. I was like, <laughs> and then any of you that, uh, uh, any of you that know my sister know that my, you know, my sister is non-confrontational. So for her to say that to me, it really got my attention. And it's almost like I had to switch the channel, right? Um, like rather than being in the zone of like we're two adults that are hashing it out, I had to kind of switch the channel and think, okay, I got to start treating her like a child. And so how do I treat Monica? How do I treat Michael? How do I, how can I dispense some acts of love, charity, and kindness instead of, you know, going at her um, did you have any conflict ever, ever in your life with your mom? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, you know, I was, uh, I was the youngest and also I came late in life for her. Um, and I think, you know, it, she, she loved her boys. Like her boys were like, you know, the apples of her eyes and all that kind of stuff. And I just always felt like, you know, I, I was never good enough. You know, like there was always you don't do this right. It was always what you did wrong. You know, the buts, not the before, <laughs> right? So it was, it was a really, um, you know, loggerhead kind of thing. Cause you know, you, when you feel like as if you're not appreciated, you kind of just kind of build that wall of resentment. But I just knew like, um, and we we had our spats and we had our difficulties and, and whatnot, but I just always knew, I said, regardless of whatever happens I said I know that I cannot close my eyes to this life if I don't help you with whatever I can because I'd have to live with that and I couldn't and whether you appreciate it or not or whether you want to accept it or not I need to know that at least I've done everything that I could and I think that's what really shocked her because the relationship has done a 180 Mm -hmm. And we talk more and we laugh about the silliest things now. And uh, there's this Italian program that's on that is, it's really hilarious about a priest and his family and the dynamics that happened with his sister-in-law and nieces and nephews and all that. And we just howl at it because it's like a really funny sitcom. Um, and, you know, we just, we have these discussions that we just wouldn't have had five years ago because we wouldn't be able to talk to each other. We would be at each other. Mm -hmm. So the whole situation, you know, with her, she's been like, well, you know, you offered, you did this and you did that. And I said, well, yeah, because 
I've, I'm the youngest of the family. I'm your only daughter. I've always been around older people my entire life growing up. And, you know, like I have an appreciation for all the things that I witnessed, you know? So, I mean, how could I not help you? And so one thing I wanted to stress for everyone that's, you know, joining us here today is that, you know, if you have any, like a history of having some wounds with your mother and, you know, you've built a resentment around your heart, around that conflict, um, it's very important to pray to Jesus and to pray to the Holy Spirit and to ask for a healing of those wounds um, because you don't want those wounds to become like a false god, like you're living in relation to your wounds instead of living in relation to what God wants from you, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Uh, you know, so often people, uh, I remember once speaking to my spiritual director, Father Casper, which some of you met a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, like sometimes I imagine myself, like this was a number of years ago that I'm like, I'm living under an umbrella and that umbrella, like one is the wounds from my past. Another is a wound from my illness. Another is a wound from um, some difficulties I had in my marriage. Another wound is from, you know, some of the problems I had growing up and I'm carrying this and living like in somberness. And I'm like, <laughs> God doesn't want me to be living under my wounds, right? No, exactly. And, and those wounds uh, can be healed, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that, that, in my mind, Rama makes you a heroic soul, is that despite those wounds, you made a deliberate choice to serve your mother, despite maybe she had wronged you, or maybe she had sinned against you, or maybe she wasn't the perfect mother, um, you know, you still used your freedom to make mm -hmm. a choice. Yeah. And to love her and to serve her, you know, despite that pain, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we want to be children of freedom, right? We want to have the freedom to, to live from our own convictions, um, someone's asking, how should we pray to sometimes let go of anger and past family issues? Um, I'm going to ask you to Google, um, you know, healing the family tree. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you could attend a workshop, I know now it's not possible with Father Terry McKenna on feeling, uh, healing the family tree. It's an excellent spiritual practice. Um, I used to read a lot of books about the mother-daughter relationship because I was really kind of trying to understand it. And um, one book that was thorough but not so helpful because it made me more resentful was a book called My Mother, Myself by Nancy Friday. Um, another book that was extremely helpful, uh, and it's not Catholic, it's actually written by a, 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 a Jewish journalist, um, it was her book, Surrendering to Motherhood, that was a tipping point for me. Like, there was something about the book, Surrendering to Motherhood, by Iris Krasno, that opened like a floodgate for me. And it actually motivated me to write Motherhood Matters, because I'm like, okay, you got the Jewish mothers writing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mothers writing this stuff. 
But Iris Krasno also wrote a book called I Am My Mother's Daughter mm-hmm. and uh, Making Peace with Mom Before It's Too Late um, was just a, a, a riveting uh, read for me. Um, you know, someone says here, I don't think about I need to forgive her. Forgive her for what? For everything? I'd rather try and forget the worst and know that I benefited from the adversity. Adversity is a good thing. Uh, Blame is such a useless emotion. I enjoy her for what she is. And when she gets negative, I say, keep your mouth shut, (laughs) mine. But you know, I do the same thing. See, this whole, this process, and even leading up to her being sick, like I, I, I was gaining the courage because my mother has like, you know, like her way is the right way and it is no other way but her way. And I had to stop her many times and say, you've got to put the brakes on that because it's not, you know, we, we all, we're not hatched the same. You know, we all see life differently. And sometimes silence is the best weapon you can have. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it, pray about it, and then open your mouth. <laughs> you know, like I would tell her that. And, and she would be shocked because like, what, who would talk to their mother this way? And I've said somebody who has the mantle of God first. Yeah. So that's what I had said to her. And that even shocked her more because I think this whole like the, the mother's group and, 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 and the church involvement, um, while she finds it, um, you know, pretty amazing, she just thinks that, like, it's emboldened me because I don't shy away from saying, you know, you, you've got to really, really pray and think about it. Yes. Um, and and uh, when you do that, I said, you you really see life a little bit differently. You'll soften a little bit and you need to be softer because people don't respond to sledgehammers, you yeah. know? And so... You've said a couple of things here. Um, you know, one thing that you've said is that if you have a strong prayer life mm-hmm. and you have God first and Jesus first and uh, your mom's best interests in first, it's going to give you some supernatural authority in mm-hmm. that relationship right. to, to challenge her in a graceful way, not to challenge her in a way that humiliates her, sure. but yeah. to challenge her in such a way that she becomes more of who God intends her to become. I know that after my father died, you know, my mom was really struggling. And uh, I said, you know, mom, like you should go to the Holy Land. And she was kind of like, you know, and it's like to her, it was inconceivable that she should go, you know, we were a poor immigrant family, four kids immigrating from Poland to Canada, you know, always living on my dad's salary, basically, as a factory worker. And so then when he died, you know, no big pension, no big... And I'm like, just go. Like, go to the Holy Land. Fulfill, you know, that... And mm-hmm. I I said, you know, if we have to help you, we'll help you. Just, like, go. And, and, and you know, I have standing in my family room a picture of her on a camel in the Holy Land. And, <laughs> and it was only because... I cheered her on, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, okay, so I'm not the one to cook her a meal, and I wasn't the one to, you know, maybe, you know, buy her a blouse, but I was pretty good at championing her. And uh, I'm like, you should write that article for the Polish newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to share something here that um, Judith says, I made a promise to my mother when she was diagnosed with cancer that I would be there for her during the entire journey. 
It was the most fulfilling thing I ever did for her. Uh, I was there for her from diagnosis, every single hospital visit to the time of her death. Um, I really wasn't that close to her beforehand, mm -hmm. but the illness brought us close and we appreciated each other. At the time of her death, she said she was glad and very thankful for what I did for her. And I thought it was just the most natural thing a daughter could do. I'm her first child. I felt privileged to have been given this opportunity to take care of her. Um, she was diagnosed in 2013 and passed away in 2013. That's the same year my mom passed away, Judith. So um, I'm, uh, I, I, I come together with you now. As I was preparing for our session today, um, you know, Rem and I had a little opportunity to chat earlier, and, you know, I kind of turned to one of my favorite books, <laughs> and that's the uh, uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, I encourage all of you, if you don't have a copy of the Catechism, um, to have one. I always made sure when the kids were growing up that it was visible and I wanted the kids to see me deferring to it. And now I can't tell you how many times my 23 year old son said that he Googled something and he looked it up in the catechism because it was something that was, uh, I didn't tell him, okay, read up in the catechism, but because it was a natural part of our family life that he did. So when the kids got baptized, I read the section on baptism. When the kids got their first Holy Communion, I read the section on first Holy Communion. And so today when I was preparing for this, I'm like, well, what are the duties of Catholic children to their parents? And if you, I'm not going to read them all here because uh, we don't have the time, but in your Catholic catechism, there's sections uh, 2214 all the way to 2220 that talk about the duties of um, Catholic children. And um, it's, listen to this. If this isn't music to your ears, I don't know what is. Just listen to this. As long as a child lives at home with his parents, the child should obey his parents in all that they ask of him when it is good or that of the family. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Children should also obey the reasonable directions of their teachers and all to whom parents have entrusted to them. But if a child is convinced in conscience that it would be morally wrong to obey a particular order, he must not do so. As they grow up, children should continue to respect their parents, to anticipate their wishes, willingly seek their advice, accept their admonitions. Obedience towards parents ceases with emancipation of children, but not respect, which is always owed to them. This respect has its roots in the fear of God, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The fourth commandment reminds grown children of their responsibilities towards parents. As much as they can, they must give them material and moral support in old age, in times of illness, in loneliness, or in distress. Jesus recalls this duty of gratitude to our parents. Um, anyway, I could read this whole thing to you because it is so 
so beautiful. Now, Rabbi, what do you see as being the difference between a duty and a responsibility? Um, yeah, I, it's funny because we tend to mix those up a lot. Um, but to me, a duty is, um, you know, let's start with responsibility because <laughs> that, that's easier to explain um, in, in our world. Um, so we, uh, we have to follow laws, rules and regulations in order for us to live the decent lives that we have. And if we forsake those uh, responsibilities, that's when we get chaos and we forego our rights, right? And our freedoms. And our duties um, are, are the things that we have to, like, you know, like looking at, looking at the family, like we have a duty to care for the family. The, the family is our first unit. It's the domestic church. It's where, you know, if that falls apart, then the church will fall apart. You know, the cracks will start to show. So in, in regards to like my, my mom, I owe, I owe her a duty of care because she is my mother. And um, as the matriarch of this family unit, she needs to be given that love and that respect because of her position and also as a model of, you know, our, our spiritual mother as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to remind everybody that, you know, our, our blessed mother had a mother, mm-hmm. um, and that mother is um, St. Anne, and I encourage you, if you're struggling with relationships with your mother, to turn to um to St. Anne, and maybe even go on a pilgrimage when we can, I know we can right now, um, go on a pilgrimage with a specific uh, intention to repair that maybe relationship with your mom. But um, a, 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 du- a duty always carries with it a, a moral obligation, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that God cares about, oh, oh, God cares about how we treat our parents because he put it right into one of the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know that, um, you know, there's always the question of, you know, when, we, when, we're, when we're mothering our mothers, does it have to be done out of love from our hearts and our feelings? Or do we care for our mothers or mother our mothers from a sense of obligation, right? And some people would say, well, I don't feel it in my heart. But then I'm kind of thinking, okay, if I'm 86 and I've broken my hip, I don't really care if in your heart you feel like helping me, just help me. You know, and I I think that our culture right now is kind of so obsessed, not so much on doing what is right and doing what is dutiful, but doing what I feel like doing and doing what fits. Um, What what, what were we we were talking earlier, Ramon? Remember, you were saying that we've become so busy and so self centered that even what what were we saying that even. Yeah. Sometimes our mother calls us and she asks us of something and what happens? 
and you just, you know, like it doesn't fit into your schedule. You know, it's, it always happens at the most inopportune time through your schedule because you are on, you know, you want to do something else, you know, like for me, like, for example, my, my, um, I, I can honestly say that when I take a vacation from work, even though I don't tell anybody I'm on vacation, that's the week that everything goes down that's bad. Somebody passes away. I need to visit somebody <laughs> at the hospital. I have to go to the doctor. My God, I was feeling sick. And I'm thinking, I really, the only way to get away is to really not be here <laughs> because that's the only way I can't be tapped in. And, and I, and I will bet you, like, I, I mean, I, I took an actual vacation last summer and nothing happened while I was gone. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it, it figures, it's like Murphy's Law, you know, it would, it would go that way. But every time uh, this week, you know, I'm, I'm on vacation this week, and I've already gotten requests from, you know, my mom, my mother-in-law for different things. And I'm like, no problem. I mean, you know, what's going to happen? No, don't, don't fight it. Just, just do, just do it. Because it's a lot easier. And, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Like they need you. They're elderly, they need you, and, you know, I'm your legs, and I will do what I have to do to help you. Yes, someone says here quite beautifully, it really helps us to remember uh, Mary at the foot of uh, the cross holding her son, mm -hmm. a great model of uh, motherhood. Um, you know, one question that gets asked of me, you know, quite often, too, is, you know, what happens if you have had uh, an abusive mother? Mm. Um, are you, you know, are you morally obliged to mother her? Like, what, what are some of your thoughts on that, Rama? Oh, gosh, you know, that's, that's a real heavy topic. And I really feel for for families that have been in situations like that. Um, abuse is not to be accepted regardless. Um, but I think forgiveness is something that we should be working towards. You might not um, love the per you might not like the person, but you as a Christian, as a Catholic should love the person. Mm -hmm. And you might not feel like you, um, you know, it, it might be toxic or even, um, you know, triggering for you to be in presence of, of, of that person. But for your own sanity, for your own salvation, you have to forgive and you have to find ways to constructively deal with that. I, I, I can't answer what the right path for you would be, but I would strongly recommend to speak to somebody, a priest, a spiritual director, and get, and get that guidance that you need. It's yeah, a difficult it, topic. It's true. It, it is. You, you, do need to, um, you do need to get help when it comes to those things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I always say, you can always send still, you know, a Mother's Day card. You can always send that, a neutral mm -hmm. Mother's Day card. You can always send flowers, you know, on a birthday. And, uh, and you can always, there are still gestures you can mm -hmm. extend which show that, um, you know, that show that you're showing some respect. Yeah. Um, someone says here, well, this is a powerful, uh, I know a woman whose psychologist priest recommended that she take a year break um, from seeing her mother due to a toxic relationship. And so, you know, if, if you do have a toxic relationship with your mom, it, it, it is important to talk about it with a, a, a priest for sure. You know, like I think that the old adage is, you know, 
clear your side of the sidewalk, make sure that you've done everything that you can to have uh, purity in heart and make sure that you can, you know. Um, the one thing that has always impressed me about my sister is um, the way that she mothered my mother was through like dozens and dozens of little acts of love, little acts of love. Um, our ministry has a strong devotion to St. Therese. Um, and and Rema, I know that you're very, very good at little acts of love to not only your mom, but to everyone around you. Can you tell us a little bit well, about your philosophy? Because you're just forever a dispenser of these thoughtful little gestures. Oh, um, thanks for saying that. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is a really... Um, we, we, we live in, in, you know, a very bizarre society where everybody's always thinking about them, themselves, right? Um, and they're chasing whatever dream or whatever has caught their eye, whatever shiny thing is in the, in the forefront of their brain. But for me, you know, people are really important and it's really important to connect with people um, and let them know that, you know, you appreciate them. So to me, you know, following St. Uh, Therese of the Little Flower and her philosophy of doing small things with great love is sort of like the easiest way to just show appreciation for people, you know, like it's, you know, you go order your coffee and you wish the person on the other side a good morning or a please and thank you, or, you know, letting some opening the door for someone. It's simple things like that. It's telling uh, someone that, you know, you uh you associate with that you really appreciate them dropping a card off at uh, a co-worker's desk you know saying hey i'm just thinking about you hope you're having a good day today um sending that text message or an email in our world you know it just just uh you know calling somebody up and saying hey you know how you how are you doing it's been a while since we last chatted you know, I want to know. So, so what are some of your, the gestures uh, for like all the moms that are, are, are here today? What are some little acts of love that we could dispense to our mothers? Um, one of the things that I like to do is, especially this time of year, is like, you know, picking fresh flowers and just bringing them. And my mom is, uh, is one of those, oh, what are you doing? You know, like this is, you know, it's too much. Or like if I send her flowers on her birthday, she's like, don't send me flowers. You know, it's too much money. And I'm like, ma, I said, at least your eyes are open and you can see the beauty of the flowers, you know, because you're not getting these when you're gone, you know? And so she just, uh, she, she, you know, and, and after getting that message, she knows enough now to say, thank you. They're very beautiful. Right. And I said, yes, they are. And, and that's all you need to say, right? Right. And, uh, and, and it just like things like that, or, or like, I'll come over here on a Monday morning uh, to start my week with her and I'll bake a cake and I'll say, Oh, I made the, tried this new recipe or here, like, you know, have this. And so she'll keep it in the refrigerator and have a piece with her breakfast, you know, or, um, she'll, we'll, we'll plan our menus, you know, of what we're eating during the week. And so like, and I'll say, Oh mom, you know, I'll take care of, the meal on Thursday and Tuesday because this is what I want to make and she'll be like oh yeah whatever you want to do you do it and and you know sitting down with her and and like sharing a meal and lately like I know this is kind of weird but like she says to me you want to share a beer 
And I'm like, you know, really? I said, sure, no problem. So we'll split one, you know, and, uh, you know, my mom and I are, you know, drinking beer with our lunch and she's just, you know, well, you know, this feels really civilized, right? But, you know, she, she's loving it, right? And so why not? Now, so uh, right now during COVID, you've, like, you and your mom, you live apart. Is that correct? Yep. And right now during COVID, you've gone to live with her? Like, how's that? Tell us a little bit about that. So I, uh, I stay with her Monday to Friday, um, days and nights. Um, and on the weekends, I go home. And this started because I had surgery before COVID hit. And um, she, uh, she said, you know, stay with me the first week for your recovery. And I thought, okay, like, this is going to drive me crazy because you're not in your own home. So at the second week of my recovery, I went back home and it turns out that she ended up getting a really bad case of vertigo. So my husband looked at me and he says, why don't you just do the rest of your recovery at your mom's? And I'm like, great. So, you know, off I went with all my equipment, my computer, because I had to work as well. And uh, I stayed with her and I, I nursed her back to health. That was, she spent a couple of days like really flat out um, sleeping and, um, you know, I've been here because she's a fall risk. So at least if I'm here for most of the time, I can, you know, take care of her. And um, it's and, great. And your, and your husband and your boys are okay with you being away from home for a time? Like that's yeah, it, it, it's okay because my husband and I both love to cook. So they're eating well. I'm taking care of things here. We're, we're fine here. Uh, the boys, you know, we uh, FaceTime talk if they need me for something i can quickly drive home and and check in and see what they need so right. it, it's okay like it's okay it's, it's all working it's all working out so we'd love to hear from um we'd love to hear from from all of you here um oh so judith is saying get to know your mom ask her questions about her life start when she was a girl for example what was your favorite subject in school mom even if she had the opportunity for formal education growing up tap her wisdom life experience and world views mm -hmm. and um there's so many like you know again I, I don't mean to be going on about my sister but she was she, she's just like so much she was so much better at mothering my mom than i was but she would like constantly be getting my mom like little gifts, whether it's a new blouse, a new lipstick, some little perfume. If she was at the deli, she would pick something up from her for, for my mom and, you know, drop it off at my mom's. And then eventually, um, you know, eventually she did move in with my sister. So these little gestures of reaching out despite your wounds, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. if you, if you're extending these little gestures, um, despite your wounds is that's what's going like that's what makes it heroic and that's what makes it um you know uh, uh, your path to holiness because if there were no wounds <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there would be no virtue in it um whatsoever you know when my mom was passing away um i ended up moving in to my sister's house to be with my mom and my sister for about about a month and um the doctor there, the palliative care doctor that came to visit my mom all the time, you know, I, I said to him, I go, you know, Dr. Pasternak, is there a book that I can read on palliative care? And he kind of looked at me like this. He goes, you want to read a book on palliative care? He goes, forget the book. Help your sister. <laughs> book. 
mm-hmm. make a meal, do some laundry, mm-hmm. listen to your mom, uh, hold her hand. You know, there's no book to be read. Just help, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes they just need um, uh, practical help. Um, the one thing, too, that I wanted to talk about a little bit is that very often, um, you know, if I've been at a baseball diamond or I've been at a hockey arena and you, you're at earshot listening to other moms talk, and, and it's always kind of surprised me that there are mothers that celebrate Mother's Day without seeing their own mother, even though she lives in the same street or around mm-hmm. the corner. Um, and I'm just kind of like shocked. I'm like, you're not seeing your own mother. Like you're not extending your mother the honor of wishing her a Mother's Day. You know, you might phone her for five minutes. What are some of your thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, I see that trend as well too. There are a lot of women that I know that um, Mother's Day is for them and their family. And I'm like, well, you know, to a certain extent, that's true. But, you know, you came from somewhere. And if your mother is still alive, you should, you know, pop in and have a coffee with her at least, you know, just, in, you know, enjoy the company, bring the kids over, you know, when you can. And, and you know, just visit even for like a, an hour or so just to let them know that, you know, you appreciate them. Buy a card, come with chocolates, come with flowers that she can plant in her garden. And the same thing with, uh, with my mother-in-law, you know, I do the same thing, extend the same courtesy. Um, you know, they're not women, you know, my, my mom and my mother-in-law are not women that, you know, are into like, you know, going out for brunches and stuff like that. But the, the tendency that I've seen lately is for the, it's just the, 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 the own nuclear family to go out without any thought to the extended new uh, the extended family. And I think that that's so wrong because, you know, you can't get time back. Right. And you got to make the most of of um, of the time you have, you know, yeah, and it's and it's uh, it also t- I think it also teaches our kids mm-hmm. that when we age, yeah, we, we want to be included as well. Right. Exactly. Um, now, uh, you know, I know, for example, you know, my own mom, she couldn't mother her mother because you know, my mother's first duty was to her husband and her husband wanted to move from Poland to Canada. Mm-hmm. And she came to Canada kicking and screaming. She didn't <laughs> want to come to Canada, but her first primary duty was to her husband. And so, you know, she couldn't care for her mother. But when her mother did have a stroke in Poland, my mother did fly out Mm-hmm. and spend you know a month there and then you know we as a family would go visit my grandmother and my grandmother was paralyzed and she couldn't even you know like hit a fly off her nose because it was like the left side of her body and yet my mother when we were on holidays she made sure that we went and we spent time mm-hmm. with my grandmother right and I was I remember being 13 years old and I just started sobbing and I didn't even know this woman, but I just felt spiritually Mm -hmm. um, somehow uh, connected to them. So I like to add to that, my mom, um, my grandmother uh, who lived in Italy, my mother's mother, she passed away in 91 and my mother got a call that she had died and she just dropped everything, got the next flight out and, and was there with the family. So at that time, um, all 11 kids went back home 
So your mom had 11 children. No, my mom was one of 11. Your mom, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, your mom was one of 11. And they all went, they were all present for their mother's funeral. And it, it, wow. like, I mean, you just, uh, to me, it was like, I wouldn't bat an eyelash, you know, of course, like, you know, that was so normal for me because I you grew up honoring, like always learning that you have to honor your elders, honor your elders. I mean, my, my dad's parents immigrated to Canada. So I always like not a week went by that we didn't drop in to say hello to my grandparents. So, I mean, it's so normal for me to like be around elderly people um, that, you know, I, I would think why not, <laughs> you know, like this is the thing you do for them. Yeah, and, um, and Judith, uh, thank you for mentioning this. I know I'm all over the map here, but Judith says um, that the fourth commandment is the only one that comes with a promise. And I'm, I want to say, if anyone can tell me what the Ten Commandments are, I'll send you one of my books for free. If you can, <laughs> all Ten Commandments. But the 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 fourth, you're, and you're right, Judith. The fourth commandment says this: Honor your mother and father that your days might be long, mm -hmm. right? Um, so there's a, there's a promise associated with, you know, caring for our, our, our parents. Um, and there's all sorts of scripture passages too. Um, Judith says, uh, uh, honor your mother and father so that you may live long in the land of your Lord is giving you. So, there are also blessings associated with caring with your parents. So, you know, for those of you even that have, you know, young children, a way for caring for your children is to pop in on your, you know, mom with your grandkids, because that's a blessing to her. Sure. Right? Yeah. When you're cooking muffins or baking mm -hmm. muffins, say, okay, we're baking a dozen muffins, we're going to give three of them to grandma and grandpa or four of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to the cottage, you know, invite your mom to come along. And again, my relationship with my mom, there was a fair amount of like tension. And uh, I'll never forget, um, my husband and I, we were going to Los Angeles on a business trip. Um, a client, uh, we had written, we had ghost written a book, A Passion for Living for a Client, and he was having the book launch party in Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, Monica was, you know, six months old at the time, and I'm like, oh, we're going on our first, you know, business trip as a couple, and we've got the baby, and I got all the cute little outfits from Jimboree, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, all ready to go, and he goes, oh, I think we should take your mother with us, and I was like, <laughs> are you nuts <laughs> and uh but i i couldn't disobey my husband he was like holier than me you know in terms of his suggestion and uh and those are some of the most beautiful memories i had with you know my mom was that trip because you know, I had been to Los Angeles, you know, several times. I'd been to Hawaii, I'd been to Australia, I'd been here and been there. But she was seeing all these things, like, through the eyes of a child, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, this really fancy buffet with a chef. She was, like, so excited, right? These magnificent waves in Malibu. And, like, I thought, Dorothy, like, how selfish of you. Like, you've been here, like, how many times? 
and I've had to like stare down, you know, kind of like being too selfish as a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. so I'm really, really grateful that my husband um, kind of took me out of myself and said, let's take uh, your mom. Yeah, God um, bless the good husband. God bless the good <laughs> husband. <laughs> yeah, no, no, God bless the good husband. Mm -hmm. um, so Kate Booker says, I think it is important to set an example by doing these little things for your mom or parents so that your kids will emulate those acts of kindness and treat you the same way as well, right? So I, I was also reading somewhere that it teaches the children not, you know, that they're, yes, they're important, but there, there are other things that are important as well. So if our children see us volunteering at church, our children see us caring for elders, then our children aren't as self-centered, right? Yeah. They understand some of these things. So how would you, um, oh, oh my goodness, it's 301. So uh, Rema, how would you summarize some of the things that we talked about today? Just I would say um, it's uh, the mother-daughter relationship is a complex one um, that there's always room to learn and to grow and that you need to practice love and forgiveness all the time. And you need to open your heart to, to the Lord and let, let him in, let his mother in to guide you. And, and, and don't be afraid. One of the best things that I've learned is that talk, talk to your mom about faith that will open so many doors. Mm -hmm. That will really open so many doors, especially if she believes as strongly as you do. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there are daughters out there that they have, like their mother is their best friend and they shop together, they travel together and they don't understand, you know, the daughter that has conflict. Yes. Daughter. Yeah. So for, for those of you that have had a remarkable, blessed relationship um, I'm happy for you. That's you know? great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's fantastic. And, uh, and, and you could be teaching us, you know, much, uh, in terms of becoming, uh, uh, better daughters. And, you know, so a couple of things to summarize in my mind is that, you know, mothering our mothers is a choice, mm -hmm. right? It's a choice that we have to make that. Yes. I'm going to get out of battle and I'm going to start mothering. And so what is mothering? You know, mothering is making a quick phone call, dropping off a quick meal, sending a card, purchasing some flowers, um, you know, baking a muffin, asking them to share their stories, um, complimenting them, right? Building them up, not letting your wounds govern the relationship is uh, mm -hmm. another thing. The other thing to, is to remember that it is ordained by God, right? Like it's mm -hmm. one of the Ten Commandments <laughs> to honor your mother. So you're, you're basically listening. The, the other thing too, and Judith, you're saying it, is um, always pray and discern even on professional advice that's given to you. Because sometimes professional advice might be given to you and it's not good professional advice. Yes, it's counter to the teachings and to what your heart's telling you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, and to also remember to pray for your mothers. Like, yes. Even if your mother has been super abusive, you can pray for her. Mm -hmm. And that's an act of honoring her. You can't order masses for her. 
-hmm. That's an act of honoring her. Um, and, you know, and we want to honor our moms once they've passed away by visiting them at the um, cemetery, by ordering masses, um, you know, and so it never ends. Our mm -hmm. relationship with our mother never ends. So anyway, I'd like to thank all of you who have um, attended today. I really appreciate you attending. We love hearing from you. Send us an email. Um, we were originally planning to, you know, end these weekly uh, sessions after, you know, before the Catholic Mom Summit. We kind of thought that's it. And then my husband said, well, Dorothy, you know, society is not opened up fully. Some of your moms might still want the sessions. <coughs> so please email us. Let us know how we can help you. Visit our website. Follow us on Instagram. And for those of you that uh, attended the uh, event with Donna Cooper O'Boyle, I finally got the three free books that she sent. So we'll be doing a little draw for that soon. So have a wonderful week. Thank you, Rema, for participating today. Do you have any closing thoughts, Rema? No, um, other than just to say, yes, constantly pray for your moms, pray for your moms and speak to your spiritual director. That is what helped me um, a lot. And I want to thank you. Yeah, thank you all for your comments. Um, you know, if you can repair those relationships, it's so important. Um, and I've, I've learned that. So please do so. Yeah. And we also ask you for our, for your prayers. Um, you know, I have a couple of, you know, relationships that are ruptured because of different reasons. And I, I, I beg for healing and I begged for reconciliation, but the resentment towards me is so strong that it scares me, you know, like, ah. So I just, uh, I beg you for your prayers. Um, and I beg you to pray for uh, Rema and her mom. And uh, I'm going to close with uh, a, a Hail Mary. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't forget to read the section on uh, the duties of a parent and the duties of children to parents. I love you all, and uh, thank you, Rema. Thank you, Dorothy. It was great. We could talk about this for days. <laughs> I know it's a choice, right? We have to rise above our past, rise above our wounds, rise mm -hmm. and do what's right. And the only way we can rise above is through prayer, Eucharistic adoration, and the rosary. So we got to rise above the trash and, uh, and have supernatural uh, perspectives and virtues. So anyway, thank you, Rema. Love you to pieces. Thank you, everybody, for... Uh, joining us and please send us emails we love hearing what you think okay all right bye-bye everyone bye, -bye. bye. bye.